Hello, and welcome to episode 56 of All About Fitness. My name is Pete McCall, and today on All About Fitness, I'll be speaking with Robert Linkel. Robert is the owner and head personal trainer of Be Stronger Fitness, located in Sacramento, California. And he specializes, and this is going to sound a little bit unusual, but he specializes in strength and conditioning for older adults. You know, we talk about this today, and one of the funny things is, you know, when most people think of older adults, they think of very safe, very minimal exercise. Oh my goodness, we can't let them get hurt, but nothing could be further from the truth. So Robert and I talked today about his background as a hammer thrower, a collegiate hammer thrower, and how that has influenced him in his career as a personal trainer. Now, a note about Robert. One of the reasons I want to speak with him is because Robert's very involved at the National Strength and Conditioning Association Personal Trainer Instance Group. What that is, is National NSCA, the National Strength and Conditioning Association, is one of the main certifying bodies. They certify strength coaches. The certified strength and conditioning specialist is a certified strength coach. Almost all collegiate and professional level strength coaches have that credential but they also certify personal trainers. And Robert's been very involved on the education side of the personal trainer business for a number of years. And I I don't really know Robert that well personally. I mean, I consider him a friend, but we've met through online and we've shared notes and we've exchanged ideas and thoughts back and forth via social media channels. And I've found him to be one of the up and coming leaders of our industry. And what I really like about him is he really does a good job of trying to promote the professionalism. Not just for other trainers, but he leads by example. He leads by what he does, you know, by how he maintains and conducts himself online. And as you'll hear about Robert's experience today, he has a very interesting background. At the young age, he's not even 40, he's had total, a total hip replacement. He's dealt with cancer. And this has really influenced his strength and conditioning, his personal training career. So it's my pleasure to introduce today on All About Fitness, Robert Linkle, the owner of Be Strong Fitness. After a brief word from the sponsors of All About Fitness, we'll begin our conversation. Thanks for tuning in. Vicor Fitness is the maker of the new TerraCore, which is a step, bench, balance trainer, and multifaceted exercise tool combined into one single platform. Go to vicorefitness.com to see the newest piece of equipment They'll be taking the fitness industry by storm in 2017. Use the code AAF to save 20% on purchasing a TerraCore of your own. TerraCore by Vicor Fitness. Vicor Fitness. Better results from better products. I'm Pete McCall for All About Fitness. Today I'm with Robert Linkle. Robert, can you give us a little background about what it is that you do and kind of uh, the role that you play in the fitness industry? Yeah, Pete, absolutely. Thank you uh, again for having me on here. And um, yeah, a quick little snapshot of me. Uh, I started in the industry in 1999 uh, as a personal trainer at a YMCA and was uh, hired because I was big and muscular and looked the part and really had no idea what I was what I was doing and uh, slowly kind of found a, a frustration in that and worked into a, a direction of needing some mentoring, some guidance. I found the NSCA, National Strength and Conditioning Association, and I uh, got involved with them as a volunteer, also got certified through them. And uh, since then, it's been, um, you know, a state director, uh, Southwest regional coordinator. I'm the chairman for the, the special interest group for personal trainers. I'm uh, the columnist for uh, career development content for the personal trainers as well in the personal trainer quarterly. And uh, currently, I uh, own and operate Be Stronger Fitness, which is a 2,500 uh, square foot um, basically an older adult uh, small group training facility. Uh, we have clients that, that kind of range all across the board in age, but the focus that we work with are, you know, kind of 55, 60 and up. And um, it's, it's kind of come from uh, personal experience with some health issues that I've had, uh, but also just being able to, to work with some really great people and help improve their quality of life. So um, that's me in a, in a snapshot real quick. But and then where, been, where are you located? You, you, is your, the name of your facility is what, Be Stronger or Be Strong? Be Stronger Fitness, yes, okay. sir. And I'm, I'm here in Sacramento, uh, right in the heart of Sacramento, California. And I uh, pull, you know, pull clientele from all over the area here. Uh, but, um, yeah, I do a lot of online uh, consulting and coaching as well with other personal trainers and kind of teaching them how to be uh, a little bit more professional and make a career out of this uh, to kind of get out of the, the part-time job mindset. But uh, yeah, our, our main focus and our main emphasis is right here in Sacramento. All right, and real quick, I want to talk about your clientele because you say you do small group and, and your focus mm-hmm. is on strength. 
Now, Robert, your, your athletic background, what was your athletic background in college? Just kind of give listeners like a little snapshot about kind of uh, your experience and your, your background before you got yes, into sir. this. Yeah, I was an NCAA hammer thrower and uh, I was a small hammer thrower. So, um, you know, I was 6'2", 240 pounds, um, being, being very small for a hammer thrower. A lot of those guys, they're, they're monsters. Um, so to be able to hang and be able to, to keep up um, with a, a high caliber athlete, which I was not, I just decided I needed to work harder and uh, put in more time than, than anybody else did. And so uh, we had, you know, regular athletes that would squat once or twice a week. I would squat four or five times a week and they would take, you know, 15 or 20 throws of practice. I'd take 40 or 50 throws of practice. I just, I had to do more and work more. And, um, that, that drive and desire to be better was ultimately a downfall. I had uh, worked myself into back surgeries and two hip replacements and wrist surgeries and all kinds of issues uh, from, from basically putting 30 or 40 years of training on my body and probably 10 or 15 years of time. So oh, wow. I was a good hammer thrower. I was very competitive. I was an NCAA uh, qualifier in, in 04 and uh, had a, a contract with Reebok and threw with them for a year or two. Uh, until I, I kind of blew apart my body a little bit, but I uh, had some pursuits to, to go to Olympic Games in 04 and 08, and uh, uh, my, my physical limitations um, definitely ended my career in that. So all of those experiences I bring into this job and to work with the clientele that I work with now, that's uh, really helped mold and sculpt the way that I train, and I had that invincible mindset before that, and so I definitely would not change any of the experiences I've had, but... Uh, it's definitely made me who I am and in the process we work with current clientele. But if I had a chance to work with, say, one of my children or, or uh, another client on how to train more efficiently to be a hammer thrower, I think I would be much better at it. So, well, and that's, and that's part of the learning experience. And the reason why I mm-hmm. asked you, your, your sport background is because you're a strength guy and that's the name of your facility. Yet you said you work with older adults. So mm-hmm. real quick before we get into to other topics, what's the benefit of strength training for an older adult population? Should older adults be f- afraid of heavy weights and, and why or why no. not? I know <laughs> absolutely a huge question, not. but yeah. Yeah, absolutely not. And it's it's such a uh, hot topic. Um, this it's, it's brought up in our facility every day. And uh, I wish I could show you guys this via video, but it's actually something that um, we kind of joke about in our facility. I've been doing some research on uh, books for training older adults. And basically every and any book that I can find right now uh, even on the cover or the chapters within the book, the people are sitting down, they're using really light weights, they're using bands, they're being careful, someone's standing next to them holding their shoulder, uh, you know, no, no pressing overhead, no squats, no. and I just think it's, you know, without getting like too animated about it, I think it's such a load of crap that our industry has portrayed this, that you are, you're old, you're not capable, you're going to hurt yourself, and it's really the exact opposite. If, if you would train, uh, not necessarily like an athlete, but just train functionally to be capable of moving in any and every direction, to be ready for any and any action that, that would come your way, uh, to be able to balance, to be able to coordinate, to be able to track and implement if someone throws something towards you, to lift heavy things off the ground, to press things over your head. Though from professional to professional, this sounds simple and sounds like we would do that with anybody and everybody, but as soon as you are considered or labeled old, all of a sudden that all changes. And now, you know, I've had people come in here and they say, oh, we understand you train older populations. Where are all your chairs? I'm like, well, I don't have any chairs. And they go, well, they're, where are the machines? Are they in another room? And I'm like, no, if you look at our facility, it looks like a, a small college facility. We have squat racks, sandbags, bumper plates, kettlebells, hex bars, battling ropes, fat bells. Uh, I mean, you name it. It's what you would find at, at, a, at a university or small, you know, small strength and conditioning gym. And we find such a value in training anybody and everybody for any goal they're pursuing and making them stronger. I don't see why the tools would change or the philosophy would change just because they're older. I have people like myself, 36 with two hip replacements that need to be trained a certain way. I've got 70 year olds that have two hip replacements and need to be trained a certain way. And so the, the biological age versus the chronological age is where I see the big issue because you're 55 and up, you're old, sit down, little weights, nothing overhead, don't lift heavy. Well, that's why you're labeled old, why you have this claim to, you know, being old and fragile. If you would continue to train athletically or in a fully functional capacity, I don't think you'd have the issues that we have. So we definitely break out of that mold uh, to the point where I've, I've had, you know, 
those, those same people I'm telling you about that come in and they say, where are the, where are the chairs at? And I start to tell them our philosophy. This one lady specifically literally started to back away from me, shaking her fingers, going, no, no, wrong answer. And so I asked her, I said, what do you do for a living? She goes, well, I'm, I'm in the process of retiring and I'm a rancher. <laughs> so <laughs> you're a rancher. When do you ever sit down and do anything, right? Yeah. She's like, no, we move and we pick and we carry. And I'm like, exactly. Why would, why would now you want to sit down? You know, like, so it's just this the image that our industry has portrayed for old people being fragile. And we are very much so uh, pushing people and driving people to go, uh, excuse me, sorry about that. Our laundry's finishing up yeah. uh, to push people out of this. So well, that's, and, uh, that's a mold we want to break. And so how do you define that functional training? And, and you know, I've talked to Dan John about this a little bit. You know, <laughs> listeners um, could have listened to you know, the, the conversation I had with Dan about that, which I didn't even think about this when I started asking this question. But Dan was a thrower as well. I mean, Dan does shot putting through the caber, but that mindset, what is, how do you define kind of functional capacity and why is it so important for somebody over the age of 50 to work on their strength and functional capacity? I, uh, it's a great question. And I, I kind of jokingly tell people, I think Dan John's my dad because he's, I've had, uh, I had a bout with lung cancer. He's battling through cancer right now. He's had a hip replacement. So have I, he was a thrower. So am I, I feel like we have so many uh, things in common, but also when you look at our philosophies for training people, uh, his philosophy next to mine, you can definitely see my influence as a thrower as with his and how well they they um, they kind of line up. Um, we're, we're big on uh, being able to carry weight, move weight, to be able to get up and down off the floor, to be able to transition weight, accelerate it, decelerate it, and be able to you know keep all of your varied components in every direction of pressing weights over your head, splitting your feet, uh, I'm sorry about that, uh, okay. getting into lunges, step ups. You know, being able to push and pull things like the the importance of getting off of machines and being able to keep your full functionality through any age as you go up, I think is so vital to uh, people keeping a high quality of life. Like, you know, after a hip replacement, you're in bed and you're you're kept down for some period of time, and then it's a chore to be able to get up and just walk around the hospital or walk around your street. And I found like how miserable I was not being able to get up and move. If I made that choice to be like that all the time and just constantly sitting down and not being active, eventually I think people kind of get into like a rut where they feel like this is normal, but you're unhappy, you know? And so when you have it taken away, you see right away, I got to get back to this. But I, I think a lot of people have never been there. And so the, the importance of being able to, to bring people in, teach them how to move and be functional and see a value in it, that to me is better than working with, you know, high caliber athletes wanting to pursue Olympics or, or contracts or anything like that, but like the regular everyday people trying to get them into a capacity to, to be functional and be healthy and be happy and pain-free. Uh, I, I think that's just a, a, a huge need in our industry, number one, but it's extremely rewarding. So, and so I don't know if I exactly hit no, your, no, you, you hit hit your it, question it, it, So with the strength training, I mean, when you have older adults, you introduce it to them, yeah. and then we'll, we'll get back to, to another, another tack in the, in the conversation, sure. but when you have them... How, how do you see their, tra their body transform as they start lifting heavier weights, as they start being able to do like a farmer's carry or start being able to push a sled? Not only do you see, I mean, do you see their body transform, but how do you see their attitude and their mindset change? One of the, the greatest experiences of my career, um, last Christmas, a client gave me a card. And in the card, it said, here's a list of 12 things that I can do now. And it was take my dog for a walk without hurting my back, get up and down off the floor, put my shirt on without my, my shoulder hurting. Um, you know, he had a whole list of he didn't have to hold on to the railing or to, the, to his side bedpost to get out of bed. And, and the guy's, you know, he's 73 years old. He's had all kinds of issues. And, and being able to help somebody achieve those day-to-day -day things that like normal, everyday, healthy people kind of take for granted Again, when you don't have the ability to do those or you've had them taken away from you and to get them back, that is where I see, again, extremely rewarding as a professional, but where I see our biggest change with people. Um, we see huge issues with dexterity and grip strength with all the carrying and the coordination stuff we do. With people reducing, I have a lot of clients who've had strokes and they actually track their weekly, monthly, and quarterly falls. And we've seen people go from weekly averages of one or two falls to quarterly one or two falls. And so seeing those improvements, um, seeing clients be able to track and implement and catch it. Uh, a lot of research has been done in this area. And so we do as simple as bouncing the lacrosse ball off the floor and catching it with one hand 
to uh, we have we have return trampolines where you can throw you know medicine balls and they get repelled back to you uh, to throwing with a partner while I'm moving laterally and moving forward and back. As people are able to throw an implement, track an implement, and receive an implement, they're learning spatial awareness, balance, coordination, the ability to to uh, receive decelerate, accelerate, all these things coordinate to them being able to do that to themselves. So more than just having somebody stand on one foot or learn how to skip or stand on a foot for two minutes, we find it more valuable to teach them how to catch and throw things and, and have some power production from letting go of, of, of implements. So those, those types of exercises and those progressions, we see a big transition in their quality of life and their ability to take care of themselves. We see postural alignment stuff that People start to get taller. They reduce uh, pain levels. We have people rate their pain on um, their first day in with us. We'll go with some clients joint by joint, asking you know what their hips feel like, rate it on a one to ten. One is no pain, ten is high pain, and then you know three or six weeks later we'll retest them, and we see a lot of those pain levels reduce. Uh, their ability to be active throughout the day with taking less breaks, uh, especially breaks meaning like having to sit down and relax. Uh, you know we see big improvements there from. Uh, clients specifically after after surgeries, uh, after treatments going through cancer, you know, those types of things. Like, it's all based on their quality of life. And we don't really have anything based on, you know, we don't do one rep maxes. And we don't really have a, a calibration of like, hey, you, you did your body weight 20 times and this is going to calibrate to this percentage. And then we basically put in there, you know, a, a muscular endurance range for programming. And we'll look anywhere from 12 to 20 reps and if they're capable and comfortable, if their posture looks good, if they're, you know, pain-free doing it, then we go heavier. And we slowly kind of progress people from there and track where they started and where they've gone. So it's still a athletic approach, uh, but we don't really base it off of a percentage. It's more of an RPE or, or a rate of perceived exertion for them to say this is really challenging plus my eye to watch and see how they train technically. You know, if they're able to keep their technique together and such, then we can increase them. And so... The, the more weight they move, the more efficiently they move, their their improved quality of life. We've seen a huge correlation directly to that. And see, that's so, I, you know, knowing a little bit about you before this interview, I didn't realize that you did that much. And, and I really, for listeners out there, strength training really is key for opening up and enhancing quality of life. I mean, if you want to have options, and what I look at, Robert, as I look at being fit gives us options, gives us choices. You know, you've kind of mentioned, like, when you lose it, you miss it. But if people work on their fitness level, it gives them more options for what they can do, whether with their family, they can go out and enjoy more activities. Now, let me ask you this question, because now we're getting into what, what I want to talk to you about, which is how do people look? So if somebody hears the benefit of strength training, and I say, well, maybe I should work with a personal trainer, how can they look for a personal trainer? And, and how long, but first let me ask you this question, how long did it become comfortable for you as a trainer to work with this methodology with an older adult population to challenge them to go heavy and go strong? Was that mm -hmm. something you started with when you first started the YMCA? Or how long did it take you to evolve into this? And how much education you know, have you gone through to kind of be at the mm -hmm. point where you are now? That's a great question. And I, I, uh, it's, a, it's a, a bit of a long story, but it, just a quick snapshot. And when I, what I, when I mentor other trainers, something I tell them to be aware of is there's going to come a moment in your career where what you want to do, what you're pursuing, and what you're ultimately going to become will either meet or they will separate. And you need to be aware of that moment. And so what I mean by that is my goal uh, becoming a trainer was I wanted to be a strength conditioning coach and work with high caliber throwers. That's what I was, and so that's what I wanted to pursue. And as I trained on the side to make money and pursue a career as a strength coach and a throwing coach, uh, I found that as my body got more banged up and I had to learn more about rehabilitating myself and even though those injuries were older population based, um, my population for the people I worked with started to increase because they saw me going through it, they knew my story and so on. Even though my mindset was, I'm going to work with pro athletes, I want to work with this, this high level, my clientele and the demand for me as a personal trainer kept growing. And eventually in 2009, I said, why am I fading? You know, why am I, I fighting this process? I, I can't train myself very well as a thrower. I broke my body. The people I've worked with have not gone on to be terribly successful. But all these clients that I'm not truly committed to yet are implementing these practices that I've gone through, that I've learned about, that I'm continuing to implement. And that was my moment where I was like, you know, why? I, 
I would always introduce myself at a party as I'm a personal trainer, but I'm a good one, right? Or I'm a strength coach, but I'm a personal trainer on the side. I embraced at that moment and said, I'm going to be a personal trainer. I'm going to be the best damn trainer I can be. I want to change the way people view personal trainers in this industry. And so instead of giving this part-time effort to this, one of my best mentors ever, he said, a part-time effort will end up in a part-time result. And so I committed 100% to being a personal trainer, to diving in with my clientele. And most of them at the time, you know, were late 50s. And so fast forward a decade, I have got a bunch of 60, 65-year-old clients who are going through a lot of the issues, you know, I've kind of broken my body into and everything has kind of lined up in that line. But it took that moment of recognizing why am I fighting something that I'm not? And number one, number two, why am I not embracing something that I'm really good at just because our, our industry kind of labels it as a, a, a second or something that's not as glamorous. So that was a big moment for me to, to dive into the mindset of I'm going to work with these people and I see how rewarding it is. I can take not average people, but just people that don't think they're capable of doing something or maybe physically aren't and teach them and educate and progress and coach them to a point where they can. And I find that to be extremely rewarding. Having been in that situation myself where I either had it, lost it, and couldn't get it back, or slowly worked it to get it back, uh, or never had it in the first place and just didn't know I, I didn't have it and I needed it. And, and <coughs> although that I, I find that you know these individuals, you know, you want to label it one number, number 50 and up or older populations, they are individuals that you know typically are at the end of their careers. And they have the time and the need and the financial means to invest in improving their health. And yet they're the ones that of every box gym you go to, the new trainers train in the senior group, right? Yeah, Whoever's yeah. left over gets that group. Like nobody wants to train with them. And it's very frustrating to my point. Those are the, the people, in my opinion, that need the most help and could benefit the most from a really good coach. And yeah. so it's it, um, we're battling something, I think, that the industry fights, but I think there's a huge need for good coaches there. Well, and, no, I totally agree with you on that, especially as um, I'm getting ready. To, I'm almost at my 45th birthday, and, and so as I get a little bit older, I definitely become more uh, attuned to, to that. And, mm. and you know, it's, you're right. I mean, when I was early in my career as a trainer in my 20s, it was I didn't really understand and respect what was kind of going on in somebody's body who's 50, 60 years old. And, and that, that's something you evolve with as a trainer. I like the way you put it, that you kind of, at some point, you have to make the decision and be all in. So if somebody decides that, that working with a personal trainer might, be, might help them and might be a good benefit, why, well, first let me ask you this question. Why should somebody hire a personal trainer, Robert? In your opinion, you know, based on just based on your knowledge, what role does a personal trainer play in like the overall health perspective? Because I think, and the reason why I asked it that way is I think a lot of people think about hiring a personal trainer for the purpose of like, I want to get a beach bod or I want to get a six pack. Mm. But, you know, kind of that aside, why should somebody work with a trainer? What benefit can a trainer really provide? I think probably, you probably have three things that a trainer is going to do. The, the, most people, they either don't know what to do, they don't know how to do it, or they don't have the motivation to show up and do it. And so I think the trainer provides all three of those. But specific to whatever the goal of the client is, if if people want a beach body, go find a beach body coach. If people want you know to rehabilitate their bad hip, you go and find somebody like me. If you want sports performance, you go find. So that's really the key, in my opinion, to finding a personal trainer. You have to find somebody that fits you. Don't just pick the gym that's near you. You know. So I, I have some tips and some stuff. I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll ask about here and, and some things I kind of prepared that I want to share with everybody. But I think those are really the, the three big things that come in. We go to the gym on some occasions and uh, you see it with the older populations a lot. They're a little nervous or they're scared or they don't really know what to do in the weight room because they didn't grow up with it like, you know, 40 and unders have. We've kind of seen the weight room as a regular thing. Arnold and, and Stallone and all these guys, we all grew up with muscles and so everybody kind of goes to the gym. The older pops don't. So they either don't know what to do in there or they get there and they don't really have a great motivation of, of um, you know wanting to show up and be consistent and so a lot of times having a financial investment a schedule where someone's relying on me or a team of people uh, that are gonna you know our, our, our teams we call them teams of people because we bring in like-minded clients at the stronger fitness here that all train together we have clients that are recreational power lifters they all train together we have a recreational strongman team they all train together I have some endurance ladies that run 5k's and half marathons they train together and those are three specific, really small recreational groups we have. 
that's probably 10% of our business. The rest are older pops with bad backs, bad knees, you know, bad hips, something along those lines, and we bring all them in together. We have some high-intensity groups. We bring them in together. And so we've created like the, the college environment, the volleyball team, football team, hockey team that come in together and train for the same purpose, but for general fitness, you know? So if, if that's what people want and pursue and they need to be the, which most people want, they want the need to, to be a part of something. And that brings consistency to get to the gym and to be a, a, a contributing member where people count on you being there. And it's, it's the raw, raw component of being in the gym that along with the know-how and the direction and the motivation as you're doing it to do it well and safely, those three things all really kind of mesh together into a, a good personal trainer making a career at this, they're the ones that are working with a really great deal of people, in my opinion. The, uh, the proof is in the pudding in that sense. And let me ask you this, because this, I think, becomes an interesting point. And, and, and in, my, in my experience, I very rarely, if ever, have had people ask me my background, my education. And I, do people ask you that, Robert? When people come in, you start talking to them, like that woman, the rancher, said, no, I'm mm-hmm. not going to do that. What Do they ask you about your background, or do they just assume that you know what you're doing because you're wearing a shirt that says trainer. I mean, why is it important to ask a trainer their background and their kind of professional qualifications? 10 years ago, no one asked me. And because I was bigger, muscular, leaner, people just trusted that I knew what I was doing. Five years ago, people started to ask, why are you a good fit to train me? Nowadays, and I think this is half because of the the reputation we've put out uh, of I think there are two kinds of trainers out there, people who do it for making money and then other people who are doing this as a career. And those, there's two very big lines between those two. Career trainers are doing everything at this high professional level to show people this is the right place to come. And then part-time trainers are doing it just to make money on the side and whatever they can do to kind of hustle. And in most cases, you start in the part-time and as things start to pick up, you transition. I get that, but it's the mindset, right? So I think people kind of pick up on the mindset of, okay, this person's really into this. And you come into the gym, you've heard, you know, 99.9% of our business is referral based. So you've heard, um, you know, for us, it's a hundred percent. We do no external marketing at all. It's all, all referral based for us. Uh, but they've heard, you know, some type of reputation that you have for being good, for being professional, you know, and in some sense, they've looked at you online, either on Facebook or on your website or whatnot. So they have an impression of you there. And then when they come in and they go through, you know, our initial consultation and our interview process, we already kind of answer some of those questions as to why we are the right fit for them, why this would be a good fit. We've had clients that come in and, you know, they tell us that they want to be a marathon runner and they, you know, or they have, um, you know, 100 pounds of body fat that they want to lose in three months. And I've told them I'm not the right guy for you. This isn't what I do. This is not the style of training that I do. Well, real quick, just real quick, Rob, how important is that? If somebody's talking to a trainer, how important is that to be able to identify that this person might not be the right trainer for me? Because I've done that before too, where I'm like, look, mm-hmm. I'm not the guy because I don't have the interest in that. Why is that such Why is that such an important thing to do? Because I think some people might want to work with a trainer and be like, I want to work with this guy because of whatever. But why is it so important to kind of be able to say, hey, we might not be a good fit? And you know, what, what, what's, what's, what's the critical thing there? This, it's a relationship. This is somebody you're going to be spending time with. And so it's kind of like dating. Like we got to have some <laughs> things in common. We have to have some things in, you know, that we like about each other. And I've had clients that are right in line with the goals and the styles that I train, but our personalities clash. And after some time, you know, we end up kind of having that talk. Like I don't, you know, I don't think this is working out. It's not the best experience for you. It's not the best for me. If neither one of us are looking forward to it, it's almost kind of like a sigh of relief when we do call it off, you know. And on the other side, sometimes you click with people right away and it's and then 15 years later, you're still training. And so it's important. It's hard for a young trainer because you don't want to turn away anybody. You're trying to start, right? But you, you don't really know what you're into or who you want or how things are going to work. The value of having a, a client that you work well with, they are now a representation of you as the trainer. They are, they are a speaker of your product. They're, you know, a, a walking billboard or commercial for you in the sense. And so I want everything that they experience that they like about me. I want it all to work and everybody to feel good about the process and know that they're always being challenged and that I'm the right fit for them. Where on the other side, if you're, uh, you know, you feel like things aren't great, the attitudes clash, you guys get into fights or there's arguments here and there, or the philosophies aren't the same, 
then it's kind of like the restaurant that you didn't like. You tell everybody about it or the movie that was bad. You tell everybody, you know, I don't want to be that experience at all. And so there's the, the foresight and the experience of, you know, having gone through some of those things and have, you know, my terrible Tuesday client, this guy that was a great dude, but we just did not clap. We did not work. We clashed every time we trained and his wife bought him training. Uh, and uh, we got three of the eight sessions done. And when he came in for his left set, all he wanted to do was bench press and ride a bike. That was all he <laughs> wanted to do. And I could see that that's all he had done for years. So he came in for his fourth session. And I said, hey, here's a gift card. Uh, you can either you know, refund this or I bought you four massages with the money that you have remaining. And I said, I think you're great, but I, I don't think this is the best use of your time or mine. And you should have seen his face. I mean, he... He just melted away with relief. He's like, I thought you were great too, but I hate this. I hate coming here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my wife makes me come. And so it really has to be like, it has to be a good marriage for the two. And uh, it can be tough to find that person, but it's so worth it when you do. Well, you let know, me ask you this for the consumer side, for, for consumer listening, because I've heard mm -hmm. of people like a few weeks ago, Robert, actually, it was all the, I was on my way to the uh, NSCA National, and I was sitting next to a guy on the plane, and we're, you know, he, you know, we're talking about, you know, you get those conversations. And he goes, yeah, my wife was doing training, but then the trainer, she really didn't like what he was doing, so she stopped going to the gym. And I, how, I know you've heard that story quite a bit, but I think oh, yeah. it's really important for people listening that if you're not getting along with a trainer, a good professional trainer like Robert or like myself will respect the fact that you come in and say, it's not working for me. I mean, right. is that correct, Robert? I mean, if, some, if, if one of your clients came to yeah. you and just said, hey, look, I don't know, how would that, how would you respond to that? And, and would that be a good thing to do? It absolutely is. And it, it can be a little uncomfortable, but as a professional, I have to recognize and know that my product is not for everyone. The, my philosophy is not for everyone. The way that I do things is not for everyone. My personality is not going to fit with everybody. As much as I want people to like me or to enjoy my training, I know that it's not the perfect fit. And so if people come in and they try it and they dig it and they do it for a little while and they feel like, okay, ultimately this isn't for me, I hold no grudges. I have no problems with that. And, and I tell people that right from the get-go, like in our initial consultation, which is a huge tip that I encourage general consumers to do is do research on trainers. And when you go in for your first session, which, you know, people, the last question you asked me about, are, are people asking about my credentials and such? I think the consumer is getting smarter. I think they're getting to a point now where they've either had bad experiences or they've heard so many bad experiences now where they are starting to research at least the basics of does this person have a certification in education? So I encourage the general consumer, your first sit down, you're not going just to get interviewed for your history. You need to interview them. So I had a gentleman come in a couple of months ago. He came in before I could even get into my questions of his health history and this, he started asking me questions and firing away, you know, here's, here's my problems. How would you fix this? What education do you have to deal with? You know, my knee, I want to continue riding my bike and here's my meniscus issue. And he just, he had question after question. What degrees do you have? What experiences have you had? What successes have you had? And then we got done and he goes, oh, I'm, I'm out of time. I have to go. I'll let you know my decision. And I said, <laughs> what do you mean? And he goes, well, I have other trainers. I'm going, he was shopping me, right? And I, and I loved it. Like I absolutely loved it. Not only did he pick me, which was a huge compliment. And I asked him afterwards, I said, what did you experience here that was different? And he goes, well, not everybody did all the paperwork that you did. Not everybody went through all my health history. Not everybody asked me about the smallest details of my surgery and how I rehabilitated, if I rehabilitated, you know, what my philosophy on training is. Like, he goes, you went through all this, and then I have people sit and observe and watch us train. And then I let them do a free training session, which there are so many coaches out there, like, don't do anything for free. I'm a huge fan of Costco. I go to Costco, I go in, I get to try a, a, a cocktail wiener or a, a biscuit or a, a thing of soup. And if I like it, I invest and I buy this huge package because I'm <laughs> into it. I love it, right? Yeah. So I want people to come here and try this. And I want you to, to experience it and at a, a risk-free guarantee, right? Like come in and just try it out. And if it's not for you, no problem. You move on. But we've gone through all the steps to see, will this be a good fit, right? And if people dig that, and you usually know right away if this person's going to be a good fit. You go through that. You watch how they train. You talk to other people. Ideally, you've been referred. If all those things are lining up, you're probably in the right spot. So I think that's a, a huge direction in, in a shift that we're starting to see. Not everybody does this, but I think people are starting to get a little bit wiser on how they're going to invest, who they're going to pick, and who they're going to trust their body to because well, we, we have a lot of responsibility. 
And I think to that point, and I've had this conversation with one or two other 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 guests, is we don't, you know, the state of the healthcare right now, and and that's such in such flux. But I think what people need to realize, people listening to this need to realize, is that ultimately exercise, regular exercise, whether you do it with a trainer like Robert or myself, or whether you do it in a group exercise, in a group fitness setting, regular exercise is the key to maintaining good health. I mean, would you agree with that? Because in this oh. day and age where insurance, we don't know what's going on. I mean, we're recording this now when, when we're having all kinds of debate about what, you know, the, the government, yeah, that stuff, we know that we can't rely on health insurance. So why, why is exercise, or in your opinion, Robert, is exercise the component for maintaining good health and for maintaining a healthy lifestyle? Absolutely. I mean, I think that nutrition ultimately has the biggest role in this. And that's a whole other talk and a whole other debate. And, and definitely somebody, there's, there's millions of people out there that can speak to it more efficiently than I can. But when I name my business Be Stronger Fitness, I name it that way on purpose because I see such a value in what I can help people do just by helping them get stronger, okay? If, if you're in pain, helping reduce that. If you're uncapable, helping improve that. If you have postural issues, you're weak. You, whatever goals that we're able to pursue just from two or three days a week for 45 minutes or an hour or whatever time I can get you, there are some great benefits just on, on those aspects that can be achieved through getting stronger. Like name a goal that can't be achieved sooner or quicker if you were stronger. Yeah, no, there, there's no, yeah, there's no I, such thing. If I know? had heart disease, if I had, you know, if I had heart yeah. disease, if I was overweight, anything mm-hmm. like that, I think is going to be addressed with, uh, with getting stronger. Now, real quick, and then to get back to the personal trainer thing, sure. what's the additional benefit, especially for guys? I mean, being a guy in my forties and and fifties and sixties, you know, and older, one of the things that really chased me right now is seeing all these commercials for low testosterone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's getting stronger. If somebody, if a guy comes in their fifties or sixties, does your approach work to help boost testosterone levels? I mean, is that how, how much? And then the other, the second part of that question is how much BS is this whole idea of low testosterone, <laughs> you know, that the pharmaceutical companies are pushing? Oh man, that's a <laughs> great that's a question. Whole, I mean, that's, that's a whole deep. can of words, but I just, we're kind of right there. But I mean, I think yeah. if pe- people need to realize that getting stronger, if you're a guy in your fifties or sixties, getting stronger and lifting heavy weight with done safely with a good coach, can that alleviate, can that help boost testosterone levels? I think so. I mean, from the research that I've seen and, and I've done, I've done no research in our facilities to support it. But when I see individuals that are in their fifties come in, train with me for a period of time, uh, be able to test, say in our powerlifting or our strongman groups, be able to test. And again, this is recreational. So they're, they're not doing anything at a high, you know, a high competitive level, uh, meaning, you know, national qualifiers and such. Um, when we see people establish a mark and then train for 12 weeks and establish a higher mark, I know there's some technical components that go into that, but that is true strength development. And so we know that you're going to need that at some point and there's going to be some development or some increase in testosterone for men, especially uh, to be able to produce that. So year after year after year to be able to get stronger and stronger, I believe that there's going to be benefits to that. Um, I, I think s- some of the marketing that we see nowadays, uh, you know, if I think it's like 24 or 25, our testosterone starts going down. I don't remember the exact number for men, but if I don't train with weights between 25 and 50 and I start training with weights, I think there's going to be some increase or some benefits there testosterone wise. And again, I'm not an expert on this at all, but I think that's the target demographic is that, you know, you don't train and you don't feel like a man or whatever the, the pitch is. Right. And so, well, I could get in the weight room and start training or I could take this pill and start to feel that way. And maybe then I'd be motivated to go and exercise. I think it's the other way around. If we were to get people moving and get them feeling good and get them mobile again, I don't know if you really have that need or that feeling of I'm missing something or I'm lacking. No, so, and I think, but I think on that point, because I think that's what the research shows is that men can boost testosterone even in their 60s and 70s. And women, you know, just to not, not leave out that group, women will have more of a growth hormone response. How, how important is, is strength training for weight loss? You know, because I know that that becomes a female's concern. And do you mm-hmm. see your women come in? I mean, you, you do primarily, you know, strength training. Does strength training play an important role in weight loss? And, and if so, how? It's a big component for us. I mean, I, I don't have, uh, again, we don't, we don't market or 
or reach out to people that have, you know, hundreds of pounds of body fat to lose. We're not before and after photos uh, by any means. Uh, we're very much so targeted on getting people stronger for their, their daily life activities, basically. But we see a great benefit with our females and our males. We're pretty much split right down the line. I mean, we're, we're not one, more one or the other. We're, we're pretty much right down the line, male to female. Um, we see a really great response with them physically. And, and as they get stronger, the responses to their bodies, uh, I think one of the big concerns is they're going to get big and muscular. We don't lift people that heavy or even as often enough as we would really need to do that. Uh, but we see some women definitely get very strong and in the process with their healthier eating habits and just feeling good about themselves and getting out and being more active, we start to see a, a, a body fat decrease to where their their body as it is to be or as they want it to be kind of starts to appear. Uh, the, the body fat starts to melt down as their muscularity starts to build. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to scare people by saying muscularity, but if, if you have a plant and you water it, it will grow to a certain point, right? Like that's the idea is if you've never trained with weights or you stop training with weights, as soon as you start moving them again, your body will respond to that and it will kind of become what it's supposed to be without getting too deep into it. If you're a mesomorph or an ectomorph or an endomorph or whatever your build is, your body will respond to the training that you process uh, through it based on your body type and your and your makeup and so you'll start to become what you what you should be uh, based on the responses from your training and so i we see great responses in that uh, again i don't have any you know uh, definition on on uh, research that, that supports that but the, the clientele that we serve and the increases we see confidence wise strength wise and then body image wise um, you know, we have clients that are having success on all three of those levels and really all of our strength train, all of our training is based on strength. It's getting them to move weight and be strong in every possible position and results are coming from that. So, um, I'm, I'm not a, a fan of the before and after photos. I'm a fan of the before and after abilities. What couldn't you do or what didn't you feel before and what can you do now? What do you feel now? You know, we even have people rate like how they feel about themselves when they come in or how they feel their body images. And if it's a three to a seven, that's a huge success in, in my opinion. Well, and that's huge. And, and, and I think that's a very powerful thing. And one thing I want to point out for listeners, Robert, you know, yourself, like with other, with other guests I've had, you're not trying to oversell. You're not trying to promise stuff that you can't deliver. And that's one thing, especially in this day and age of all the social media, you know, people out there on social media, I can get you, you lose weight. I can help you get a six pack abs. I mean, that's, you know, my, my advice when people hear that, if you hear that your first exercise is to run away, don't pay any attention to that. (laughs) I mean, you're not over promising. All you're saying is we're going to help you work, improve your ability. And you're not going out and what you're not doing and what numerous guests here, almost guest after guest after guest is always like, you don't give a definitive answer because unless you have a client in front of you and you can see their health history and you can see them move, you cannot give a definitive answer. Is that correct? The, the two things that I can give a definitive answer <clears throat> on is if you show up and you commit to, to what we're talking about two or three days a week, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, I can guarantee you're going to get stronger and I can guarantee you're going to feel better. And beyond that, I, I would like to, to hope there's going to be more benefit to it. But if they just show up and do that little bit, I have clients that come in and they're like, I don't feel good today. I barely got here. And by the time they're done, they're smiling, they're happy, they're thrilled that they were here. And that's kind of a regular occurrence in the beginning. And then it starts changing to where they're looking forward to getting here. And then they're here early, right? (laughs) And so you start to see that change. And so I feel like those are two things I'm pretty comfortable with guaranteeing or or damn near guaranteeing that I'm going to help you get somewhat stronger and at least start to feel a lot better. Because uh, I, I think movement is life. You know, Brad Pitt said that in in uh, the the zombie movie uh, that he made, and it's it's a joke that he kind of puts in. But my wife and I picked up on it, and that's kind of our motto now. We got to get people moving, and they feel better about life. And as simple as that can be, uh, I, I think that that's a a very simple motto that we can imply, uh, or that we can kind of kind of apply to our business. And then our philosophy of how we train people can define that even further. So. Um, two things that I like to pitch to, to trainers, but also to clients is I want you to be able to define what we do on a daily basis. And, and so basically the trainer should be able to define what you're doing with the client and why you're doing it, define it and defend it. And then the client should be able to define what we do and defend it. in the fact that I understand why we're doing this, right? 
So I, I went in to pick up my dry cleaning once. This is the most popular post I've ever put on Facebook. And I'm not a huge like like follower, but this is the most popular thing I've ever put up. I went in to get dry cleaning one day, and I'm dressed normal, you know, a polo shirt and shorts. And uh, as I'm in there, the guy next to me, he's got a shirt on, and it says personal trainer on his back. And I said, you're a trainer, huh? And he looks at me, and he goes, and nods yes. And I said, what's your philosophy on training? And he goes, but what? And I said, <laughs> Your philosophy, if I wanted to work with you, what would you do with me? Like, what's your philosophy on how you would train me? He goes, I don't know. We, we just lift. And I'm like, oh, all right. And, and in, in that moment, I totally lost hope in our, in, in, in faith in our industry. I just thought, God, is this what we've become? Like, we just lift? Like, we don't have a philosophy on how we train people? And so I posted this, and all these trainers came to my defense, and, and they all started posting their philosophy. And I'm like, okay, thank goodness. Okay, now people have, What I was looking for, and this was a great opening line that I gave him, was – how would you help me? What do you do that makes you so different or that defines what you are? And it's not an elevator speech. I just want to hear like, what are your thoughts on training and how do you do it that's different from other people around you or different from people in your gym or from the business next to you? And we should all have the ability to answer that question. And as simple as I help old people get strong to you know, the, the details of we do two pushes and, and two pulls and, you know, two split stances and a carry and every workout are as detailed as we get. I want to hear an answer. I don't want to hear a, we just left, you know what I mean? So that's another part from the general consumers. You need to understand and seek out and find the information of why am I being trained the way that I am? I've, I've told my clients from day one for over 15 years now, if you ever ask me, why are we doing this? And I either say, I don't know. Or because it's hard, you have permission to leave. Like you, <laughs> I, you know, th those are the two worst answers I could give you as a professional. So those are things we should seek out. I don't want to ever have a client do something just because. Right? Yeah. I mean, we we all have movement prep, we all have strength components, but why? Why are we doing these things? And that that becomes such an important thing is that a trainer should be able to. Um, educate a client about what they're doing. And, and what I found, Robert, is sometimes people would hire me to teach them like how to work out. And so basically I went into it with a mindset is I'm working myself out of a client. I want to take 10 or 20 sessions and mm -hmm. teach you a workout that you can do on your own, teach you, you know, basic lifts. And what I found when I did that was they were like, oh no, let's do some more sessions. They kept buying more sessions because I, that, I wanted to go in. My job was to serve them, to help them get better and to help them, you know, their goal was to be able to work out on their own but they, you know, we we ended up just clicking and just grooving with that. And mm -hmm. I just found that you know the the good ones out there will want to serve their clients. So as we get ready to wrap up, what's your advice for people who are looking for a trainer? If somebody's looking, somebody listening to this is going, man, I want you know they can't travel to Sacramento and train with you, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you could send them your private jet. You know, I know that you had you know, fly around in G <laughs> G five. Yeah, I have two of them actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're not there yet. You could be there, but yeah. if they can't come to Sacramento and train with you, and if somebody wants the benefits of being stronger and what you're describing and what we've talked mm -hmm. about. And that's kind of why I've jumped back and forth asking about the benefits because I want people to realize that working with a trainer can provide significant benefits. And, and there's research that shows it, but it, and just years of anecdotal experience, the job mm -hmm. of a trainer is to make a client somewhat uncomfortable. And that can happen on another number of different levels. And would you agree with that? Like our job is Absolutely. to make a client and not in pain. There's a huge difference between discomfort oh, and yeah. pain because discomfort means you're doing something beyond your existing capacity. And, and that just means you're going to get better. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get fitter. But our job is to, is to help you become comfortable being uncomfortable. Would you agree Absolutely. with that? Is that a I good, that. Is that a good tagline? So if yes. somebody wants to, what do you, what's your advice for how somebody can go about finding a trainer of their own in their area? Okay, so I, I, uh, when you first asked me to, to come on and do this, um, this was one of the first things you asked me to repair. So I actually have a couple of things like checkpoints here Perfect. that I want to yeah. throw down for people. Okay, so the first one is it, at, at the most simple level, you want to find a true professional. So if I, by defining that, in my opinion, someone who has an accredited certification, though we have all these initials in the industry, you just want to find somebody who has an accredited cert because to be able to get to these next steps, have liability insurance as a professional. They are taking responsibility for themselves and to cover you as the client. They need an accredited certification to qualify for insurance. So those are two things that I look at as you're being a pro and taking yourself serious by having those two. I don't care which ones you have, just the effort that you've made to do it, okay? And then on, on top of that, continued education. I make a point to 
tell my clients, I'm going to this event to learn from this person. This is stuff I'm going to bring back to you. I'm not going to Vegas to socialize and roll dice and drink. I'm going there to attend this conference and have a good time. And I attend six or seven events a year because I'm constantly looking for new content and new ways to bring back and, and implement into my philosophy to help my clients get even closer to achieving their goals. So that's the kind of mindset I want to see uh, outside of, you know, I go to one event a year just because I have to get recertified, right? And then proper procedure. So this one kind of feeds into the next bit. When you go into an initial consultation or the initial interview with the trainer, are they doing all their proper paperwork? Are you filling things out like about your health history, asking about all your physical limitations? What are your goals? What styles of training have you done in the past? Which ones do you like, do you not like? Okay, are they writing all these things down in pen? Are they keeping records? Are they doing some kind of assessment or a health screen with you? Are they going through professional styles of payment, meaning uh, credit card swiping and writing down forms and asking for your signature? Or are they a cash-only client right, or trainer, right? Like you need to have things that are done legitimately. If I take myself professional uh, and, and, and meaning professional, if I take myself serious and I feel like I'm legitimate, I'm going to go through all the proper steps to make sure that I'm portraying that to you, but also that I'm I'm conducting myself in a safe and professional manner, okay? That comes all the way down to scheduling. Do I do that appropriately? Is it like, oh, come in whenever you want, and you know, am I bumping you or am I sales pitching you every time I get in? I, I don't want to base people off of the price that we pay or the pitch of the money. I want you to see the value of what I offer and that you're willing to pay what I think is fair, okay? So when you have bargain shoppers, I think bargain shoppers search for bargain pricing Client, uh, trainers. I want to find somebody who's ready to invest. Okay, so I want to go through this whole process and see the client is willing to invest and they see value in me, and I'm willing to invest and, and commit and give them what I think I can promise them, as we talked about. Okay, not over promising, but as long as I feel like all that is working and meshing, and we've gone through all the proper procedures at this point, it's time to shake hands, get things scheduled, and are ready to roll. Okay. During the initial interview content, as we kind of talked about this before, the initial interview and consultation. You need to interview the trainer and make sure they're a good fit for you. Why are you the right person for me? What experiences have you had or what education do you have that will help my physical limitations or my goals uh, either be achieved or overcome? Okay, So make sure the person is right for you. Shop around. Ask your friends. Look in social medias and different uh, outside marketing resources that are basically showcasing people that have experienced or through referral process experienced issues that you have and how have they gotten better. I feel like a personal reference. If I tell you to go to this place to eat or go see this movie or this guy's a great physical therapist, go to him. That personal connection that I, as your friend, am willing to vouch for is more valuable than any marketing campaign, billboard, radio ad, any other proximity of the gym because go to somebody who's going to do the job right, who you're willing to invest in. We have the ability as trainers to either absolutely destroy your body or make it better. And so I need to pick the 100% or as close to it as possible, the right person that's going to help you achieve that as safely as you can, as efficiently as you can, as quickly as you can. Because we want results. We want to see that our investment is worth it, right? That it's, it's getting there, that we're making the progress. And that brings me to the last point is if I have a goal, I meet with a trainer, we start training and I achieve it, and now what? Is it just maintenance mode or what's the new challenge? So the trainer needs to continue to challenge you. It could be in, in finding a new goal of, you know, we got ready for ski season and you skied all the way through the season and now you're healthy and everything went well. Well, we've got another ski season coming up, but what are we doing in the off season? Let's run a 5K. Let's do a 25-mile bike ride or, you know, let's lose 10 pounds or what, whatever the goal might be. The trainer needs to help you get into that. And a lot of times it's like, what else are you interested in? What do you want to do? They, they help find another way to motivate you because general maintenance mode and pursuing a goal mode are two very different mindsets. Right? And as a professional that is constantly driving towards helping people get better, I need that motivation as well. I need the carrot to push you towards. Okay, so those are those. There were five bullet points in there. If I hopefully I hit them all. Uh, those are five things that I really want to stress to people. That uh, oh, I hit four. Here's my fifth one. Sorry. Uh, to make sure that your personal trainer is keeping things personal for you. Okay. And what I mean by that is uh, you get into a group training environment and all of a sudden everybody's doing all the same thing with all the same weights on the same timer. That's no longer personal training. That's group training or group exercise. Okay. And not that it's good or bad. It's just, that's different from what you signed up for. You need to have 
a personal design and a personal program that's pursuing your personal goals. I keep throwing that out there because it's personal training. And even though we have that in a group environment, if you see as we train groups, each person has specific things they are still pursuing and they're doing inside of that. So I know that was a very long answer and I think I got all five in now, but those are five things that you should really look for. A true professional, interview them while you're going through, make sure they are accredited and they're going through all the proper steps that they should, that they keep you motivated and they keep a personal attention on you. That's awesome, Robert. And that's, and that, that is so key because I don't, I mean, for, for listeners, I mean, Robert has done a lot of work with the National Strength and Conditioning Association on the personal trainer side. And, and as he's mentioned, he mentors a lot of new trainers. So he's somebody coming at it with a ton of experience. I mean, not only is he in the ditches, is he doing the work day to day, but he's also looking at one of the reasons why I asked him to be, be, be a guest is he's really trying to make our profession better. And, and I think we have a lot to overcome between social media, between what people see in the media. And I want listeners to know that there are really good trainers out there who can make a difference in your life. I mean, they can absolutely fundamentally change your life. And, and is that, is that hyperbole or is that, is that pretty, pretty accurate? I, I, again, I'm not, by no means do I mean this as a bragging session or a bragging moment, but I have um, 60 clients that I see on a weekly basis, and of those 60, 20 of them have been with me for 10 years or more. And so I, if I wasn't doing the things that I'm asking other trainers to do, I don't feel like those people would stay with me. And again, I, I don't mean that in a braggish way. I'm just proud of the fact that I've been able to continue to do those five things that I just told you about with these people and they see the value and they continue to want it. They want to keep coming. And a lot of them, as you said, they came in and they're like, I just want to learn some things or help fix my knee and then I'll go on my own. And a decade later, here we are. Uh, out of those 20, like 11 of them have been with me for 15 years or more. And so, you know, we've really made a good connection. And I think it's realistic to say if we're doing all the things that we need to do as professionals, um, we, we can make great impressions on people. We can make huge impacts and huge changes in their lives, you know, to the point where hopefully someday, uh, you know, a client is writing you a, a holiday letter that says, here's all the things I couldn't do before. And, and here's the ones that I can, and, you know, from all the deadlifting PRs and all the little athletic things that I've helped people do, um, that letter I think will stand out in my mind is probably the greatest thing that I've, I've helped somebody accomplish. I, I helped train a guy that climbed Mount Everest and all seven summits of the earth. I helped a, a four time, uh, you know, uh, masters, uh, super G downhill skier, defender title. I've, you know, I've helped some people do some pretty cool things, but when you truly have an impact on someone's quality of life and their ability of life, I think that is the greatest thing I could possibly do. So that's I, a great, I absolutely think we could. And that's a great way to wrap it up, man, because I really, I think, you know, people get so, I think hung up on this whole celebrity trainers. And frankly, I think you and I can agree with this. Celebrity trainers don't mean squat. You know, what really matters is the fact that you're making a difference in people's lives. You're helping people walk better. You're helping people play with their grandkids. You're helping people just live better. And I think that overall, I mean, that is what a personal trainer can do is help you really change your quality of life. Now, Robert, do you have a website or a blog or anything that people are interested in just kind of like getting a little more information or or following you anywhere that people can stay Um, in touch? Just, just find me on Facebook. That's really the best spot that I'm at. Um, you're going to see that there are three things that I'm really passionate about. Uh, training older adults uh, here at our facility, the NSCA, uh, and, and increasing personal trainers' abilities, and my family. Um, you'll see my daughter, soon to be two daughters, and my wife um, You know, updated on there. I, I, those are the three things that I really, truly love and I'm very passionate about and that are constantly involved in my life. And so... All that is really showcased and shown, and I'm very open, and I share a lot. Uh, you know, um, I do free webinars for trainers and for clients to get on and learn. I don't pitch or sell anything. I don't have anything to pitch or sell yet. And so it's just content that I want to get out there that I want to help people do better. So I share a lot of that on Facebook, uh, a lot of stuff for training older populations. And what I mean by that is, you know, if we have to put a number on it, 55 and up, but if you have some physical disability within your hips, your backs, or your knees, somewhere in your shoulders. I share a lot of content on that, uh, that, you know, that uh, help people improve in those areas. And so those are the things that I love to share. Uh, we have a, our website, Be Stronger Fitness. You can sign up for our newsletter on there. Um, we do put out some content on that, but it's mostly geared towards our clientele, and it's like our reach, our outreach to our, our local clientele. Uh, but really, Facebook's kind of the place to, to get me if you want to learn a little bit more about what we do, how we do it. And if there's anything that I can can share with you that help improve your quality of life, 
and that's probably where you find it at. Great, I'll put it down there. And I, I, maybe I saw that, or maybe I forgot it. So, how old's your how old's your first daughter, Robert? Peyton is almost four, okay. and then uh, Bristol will be born here in about two months. Oh, so she's coming up right at the end of September. Yeah, Thank no, you. My, uh, my, yeah. my younger daughter's about to turn three. My older daughter's five, and my younger daughter's three. And Oh boy! And, and you know, hey, well, you know, you have two, and, and two and two years apart is, is whew, we, we're we're out of the, we're finally giving away all the baby stuff. But uh, nice. but that, you're gonna have such an awesome experience, and and I've seen pictures of your kid doing the exercises and stuff, and I think that's so important yeah. to, to model She's that. Here. She's here almost every day, and all my clients know her, and she comes in and sees everybody and does the warm up, and she's got barbells and kettlebells here that are you know appropriate for her, and it's ingrained in her life if i have anything to say with it she's gonna have healthy hips and yeah. really good technique and not overtrained. well i look at <laughs> i look at it as my job my job as a parent robert and this is this we'll, we'll end with this but my job as a parent is i want to make them intellectually curious and physically active you know intellectually curious and physically active and whatever whatever that means for them i'm gonna I, my job is to guide them there you know i think Absolutely. i think you know the, the tough thing as a parent you want your kid to be great at everything but what i've realized my kids are gonna be pretty good at some things and they're gonna be horrible at others and i just gotta guide them along the way man but i, hey, I, I really hey, i really appreciate your time i appreciate your passion and i appreciate the difference that you're making in the world man so thanks yes, sir, a lot. i appreciate it thank you again and uh, it was a pleasure being on here i'd love to be back anytime you want thank you all for listening Thanks for tuning in to this episode of All About Fitness. Uh, one thing you can see about speaking with Robert is he is very methodical. He really he really thinks about what he says and thinks about his answers. And, and that's one of the things I've grown to respect about him. And I, what I wanted to do, what I'm trying to do, is bring you different viewpoints. I'm trying to introduce you to different aspects of fitness. I think a lot of people out there view personal trainers as these young, you know, uber fit, hyper energetic, yo, yeah, come on, let's go, 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 super annoying people. Or you might perceive personal trainers as a drill instructor. Get on your face. Give me more push-ups. Go, 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 sweat, work harder. But nothing could be further from the truth. A good personal trainer is someone like Robert. They're very methodical. They're very thoughtful. They take their time. They think about the solutions. You know, you heard us talk about a couple of his clients. You heard us talk about the benefits his strength training provides. And most importantly, and I think this is a really big takeaway message and why I wanted to have that thread of conversation with him, is not all personal trainers are right for all individuals. If you're thinking about working with a trainer, and I said this in a previous podcast, if you work with an accountant to do your taxes, if you have a mechanic repair your car, if you have a doctor do your health, you should be working with a personal trainer to learn more about exercise, to do the right exercise for your needs. And if you don't feel comfortable with a personal trainer, by all means, do not work with that individual. You're not stuck with them. This isn't a marriage. You know, you have to be comfortable. You have to enjoy going to the environment. You know, the whole point of exercise, in order for it to be effective, you have to actually go out and do it. And if you dread looking forward, you know, if you dread going to a personal trainer, guess what? You're not going to go. And any professional like Robert, myself, any, almost anybody you speak with in this industry would rather have you come to me. I'd rather have you come to me. I'd re, you know, most other trainers would rather have you come to them and say, hey, you know what? This might be not be working out. It's better for me to find someone else. The trainer probably feels the same way. You know, so what I wanted to do today with this conversation is have you, you know, help you have an understanding about the professionalism that goes into our industry and about those of us who, treat, who are professionals, act as professionals, you know, you can, you can find us out there. We're out there. You know, go through the NSCA. I'll have a link below on the show notes to go on and find an NSCA personal trainer. I'll have information to Robert listed down below as well. You know, Robert's been doing a lot of work with NSCA personal trainers. And if you, you know, want to be referred to anybody good, you know, email him or email myself. I have a really good network of trainers around the country. You know, I've been very fortunate to establish a lot of good relationships. And I really try to put people in touch with the right person. So what I wanted to do today on All About Fitness is give you a little bit of kind of insight into the process of personal training, of what, you know, of why you should be working with a personal trainer, the benefits of hiring a personal trainer. And it comes down to you got to find a person that you're going to feel comfortable with. Because I really feel this. And, and obviously, I'm biased because <laughs> that this is, after all, my business. It is what I do. I educate personal trainers. Um, and if I didn't feel this way, I should probably be doing something else. But I really think that working with the right personal trainer can help make an incredible difference in your life. 
you know, we only have one chance to do this thing right, folks. And, and I mean that. We only have one chance to take a spin around this planet to, to circle the sun a number of times. So why not make the most of it? You know, exercising, you know, being active is, is a step in the right direction. But what's really important is finding the right exercise for your needs. Find out what gets your juices flowing. Because the right fitness program gives you the freedom to do everything else that you want to do in your life. And a personal trainer can help open that up. That's what today's conversation was all about. Robert's contact information will be down below in the show notes. As always, you can reach out to me, Pete, at PeteMcCallFitness.com. Check my blog. I've been updating it regularly, PeteMcCallFitness.com, obviously. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter. And that's at PeteMC underscore fitness. On Twitter, I'm Pete at, um, at PeteMC underscore fitness on Twitter. On Instagram, I'm Pete McCall underscore fitness. That's Pete McCall underscore fitness on Instagram. So thanks for tuning in. If you're enjoying All About Fitness, please take a moment to give us a rating. You know how that works. The higher ratings we get, the more people will be exposed to the content on this podcast. Hopefully you're getting a lot out of it and your ratings would help me share with others. Thanks for stopping by and have a healthy and fit day. <music>